86,400 seconds in a day, we all get the same. How are you in using yours? Now, I'm uh, not going to waste any more of your time because you know how much valuable it is to me. So let's begin, shall we? All right. So what is leadership? Well, leadership is this role that you will take to lead a group of people, to, to guide, to, to teach, to direct. Now, there are lots of types of leaders in the world. Some of them are average. Some of them, I can, well, just downright bad. And then there are other leaders that, well, the leaders I want to pay attention to, the good leaders that have leadership skills and certain qualities and characteristics of people who make great and good leaders. So we're going to look through these following slides during class and, and each one will have some qualities and some important characteristic about being a good leader. And I want you to think about how you can incorporate these qualities and tips and tricks into your life to help you with your leadership styles. Because, well, that's kind of the idea of the class, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, if you don't use it, it's worthless. You might as well not bother. But if you learn what I have to teach and you use it, well, that's just taking something that is knowledge and turning it into power, because you've heard that the saying knowledge is power, right? Well, that's what this is about, giving you some superpower. So leadership truly is a life skill, a superpower that when you have, you can use it for all types of things. And in fact, before we begin, let's have a little think about what types of leaders can you think of in fact when i say the word leader who's the first person that comes to your mind go on have a think hmm. i'm gonna have a guess now did you name a president or a king or queen hmm. um did you name your parents grown-ups the ones that raised you hmm. did you pick a coach of some sports team maybe Someone you really respect and know that's been an influence and a leader in your life. Hmm. Okay. Well, here's the thing. At the end of the day, leadership is one of those life skills that isn't just for one thing. It is so useful for so many different things across so many different topics in life at so many different times that it can be used in so many different ways. So let's have a thing just off the top of my head. All right. So we start with the presidents or the politicians, the kings and queens, the, the governments, right? Then you have their kind of uh, their subordinates, you know, uh, the, the, the councillors, the mayors of the cities. You, you'll have, um, well, then we talk about maybe the cities and countries' forces, with army, army, navy, military. Air Force and so forth, right? The police, the fire brigade, the you understand all of that kind of stuff. Now, they would all have obviously admirals and sergeants and officers going down in different leadership um, uh, categories, but they're all leadership. Um, then, of course, you have, well, going into more academic leadership, you have the principal, the head of the school, the teachers. Maybe you have a, um, a, a school or a class um, president. Maybe you have a leader in the classroom who's working with you on a presentation, who's gonna lead that presentation. Maybe you're leading the school in assembly. They're all leadership. Then, well, thinking of being in the assembly hall, you know, the coaches of a sports team, right? Every sports team you've ever known has a 
leader in it and not just one you'll have the coach and then you might have be the quarterback or be the pitcher or someone who's leading the team from within then you'll have well talk about your family leadership who's the leader in your family most people would say the parents and of course who's your parents leaders and well, they'll be their parents. In fact, the great-grandparents, you could say, or the oldest generation in the family would be probably considered the leaders of the family because in that case, often age and seniority has a lot to do with it, right? But it's all leaders. Now, personally, I'm a dad. I have a 12-year-old daughter right now, and my 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 is my, my joy of my life to be a role model and a leader for her. Um, then, well, my five companies as, as an entrepreneur, I have many managers and many staff below the managers and obviously the, the, the customers, I am a leader for them. And when I do my public events, when I public speaking, when I'm doing uh, shows and entertainment for large audiences, that's, well, it's another form of leadership. Um, my dad was a policeman for 40 years. <laughs> He had some crazy awesome leadership skills. And, and my mom is, well, she's an international teacher and director of many, many awesome schools. And wow, she's a huge leader in my life too. It's hard to pick for me, really hard to pick. Um, but really, well, it just goes to show you this skill is such a, well, diverse skill to have. So let's dive in and understand what types of leaders there are because, well, there are six main types of leaders in, 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 in the world that I can think of, or that's actually been thought of because it wasn't me who thought of these ones, I must say. Um, but, um, but at the end of the day, um, these, uh, these leadership styles, well, well, these six leadership styles are good to learn because at the end of the day, at some point, you're going to have to lead something. And that's probably why you're taking this class because you know that and you want to get better at it, right? So, so here's the thing. When we first start out at the beginning of our days, the first time we have an opportunity to lead. So generally, the first time we get this opportunity, we adopt some style, some leadership style that we've either learned or experienced from someone else. Maybe we've heard it or read about it or seen it on some TV or movie uh, program right there. And it, and it seems to work. So you stick with it if it works, right? And in effect, it becomes your style, my style of leadership. But there are many approaches that are available to us and a good leader is able to adapt their style according to the situation and the people involved, right? You know, leading an army into battle is going to be very different to leading your business into success or your family into harmony and love and peace, right? Different leadership styles. So, well, these six leadership styles, there's, well, we could start with the cohesive, the authoritative, the affiliative, the democratic, the pace setting leader, and the coaching leader. So those are the six that we're gonna be really diving into today. Uh, in fact, let's just have a little preview about what we're gonna see. The best leaders are flexible and adaptable. They use different leadership styles to suit different situations. Here, we lift the lid on Daniel Goleman's six leadership styles and how they can work for you. Authoritative leadership is about vision and empowerment. Authoritative leaders decide on goals, leaving their followers free to choose how to achieve them. This style works best when a department or organization lacks direction. However, being authoritative shouldn't be confused with laying down the law. It's important to allow flexibility and to listen to others' feedback too. The key to affiliative leadership 
is building relationships. Affiliative leaders love to create harmony, focusing on praise and sharing ideas. This style works best when you need to repair team relationships or bring people together. However, this can mean poor performance can go undetected. Team members may also feel they haven't been given enough direction, so it's not a style to use in isolation. Democratic leaders build employee commitment and trust through collaboration and consultation, encouraging everyone to participate. This style empowers others, generates ideas and shares responsibility. But being too democratic may mean too much talk and not enough action. It's important for effective democratic leaders to decide when to take a stand. Pace-setting leaders are high achievers who set the standards and expect others to follow. This style is best for leading a highly motivated team and is good for driving short-term improvements or quick wins. However, continual pressure to achieve may leave employees feeling overwhelmed and morale can plummet. So use this style sparingly to avoid burnout. The coaching style is big on self-awareness, empathy and developing others. This approach helps people improve their performance and understand how their work fits into the bigger picture. However, the coaching style requires time and expertise from the leader, not good for delivering quick results. Compliance and control are the hallmarks of the coercive leadership style. This style should be reserved for crisis situations or for addressing toxic employee behavior. In other situations, it can kill initiative and motivation will drop. While every leader has a style they naturally prefer, the best leaders use a style or combination of styles depending on the situation. Get the balance of leadership styles right with these simple tips. Use active listening and take your cue from people's reactions and body language. Think about the leaders who inspire you most. What styles do they use and when? What can you learn? Finally, don't be afraid to try out new approaches. Using different leadership styles will help you win respect and deliver results too. By the way, Daniel Gormans was the psychologist that came up with these six leadership styles and uh, uh, he put them all together and kind of categorized them, put them in boxes and labeled them. And, and, and it's going to be, well, the, the brain behind this, this style, uh, this, this group of styles that I'm going to show you. So um, why do we have all these styles? Well, let's have a think about it. You really want to have a different style for different situations. Coercive leaders demand immediate obedience, like instantly, like now, like in a single phrase, this is the style that says, do what I tell you and do it now. Because, well, if you don't, there's going to be trouble. And in fact, um, uh, coercive leaders demand immediate obedience as it's a command and control style of leadership. It's really, really intense it's it's it is defined as the leadership style that uses coercion it threatens and rewards treats and rewards yeah to control and motivate people and in, in in business world we call this the carrot or the stick right if if the donkey's needing motivating do you give it a carrot come forward or do you give it the stick to make it go faster now 
you can imagine not everyone likes the choice of a carrot or a stick. You know, I don't want to be hit and I don't want to have to fight for my reward. This type of leadership can be very destructive. And because of this, it can create a climate of fear and intimidation. It can be tough. Um, now, leaders that show initiative, that, that uh, these leaders show self-control and they have a huge drive to succeed. Now, this, of course, is sometimes detrimental or a bad thing for the team, for the group, because the leader doesn't care so much about the group as long as they succeed in the mission. This, of course, uh, has a time and a place, you know, uh, for this type of leadership, especially if you think about in a crisis or a battlefield. The battlefield's a classic example, right? I want a, a cohesive leader follow, you know, I want to be following that guy because he shouts at you and you tell you tells you what to do and you do it instantly because if you don't you you could die i mean you know if he tells you to go left now and you turn right or hesitate the bomb goes off that's a good time to have a cohesive leader right you you need to be told what to do instantly with 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 command and you don't need any of the 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 fluffy stuff right it's 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 instantaneous um, but in the crisis, um, this this type of leader will remain clear, calm, and will be a commanding leadership. Will will tell people what to do. So, how do you use this leadership? Now, it, it it's often used um, to get people to do things they don't want or like to do. Hmm, that's not a good thing, right? Yeah, depends on the situation. Now, this type of leadership can be effective in, well, this certain situation, for example, like during a natural disaster or during a war. Um, you know, there's an earthquake or um, and, 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 and buildings fall down. You know, you're going to have to lead people into unburying people, finding and digging up. And that's not nice. Um, natural disasters like, um, you know, when there's a fire and having to lead people away from their homes and places they don't want to leave. Um, during a war, leading people away from danger and death, um, leading to, call, to create peace. But it can also be really difficult to manage because, well, at the end of the day, this isn't a great leadership style for a lot of the people who are having to be led. Right. And so to do this effectively, first of all, um, cohesive leaders need to establish clear goals and object objectives. Where are we going? What are we doing? How are we getting there? They make sure their explanations are clear and concise. They're very firm, but they're reasonable most of the time. And they maintain complete control, 100 percent control of the whole situation at all times. And they need to be consistent in doing so they they don't they don't sometimes just do it right hmm. so well there's let's talk about the advantages now the advantages you know it's effective in pushing people to achieve huge collective goals right as a group to make something big happen it can be effective in getting tasks completed and it could be uh, intimidating to the opponents the opposite team the people are trying to right now Additionally, a cohesive leader is usually respected by those under their authority. Sometimes they're scared of the leader because of that authority, but it's still respected to a degree, and which 
can lead and increase compliance from those employees or team members or people, right? Hmm. So those are advantages. But disadvantages, well, these are often associated with negative consequences for the organization or group. So, for example, um, they lead to... Uh, yeah, they can lead to a lower quality of work or decreased, you know, employee or group morale and 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 increased, well, increased stress, right? Um, in addition, well, it may be difficult solving problems or communicating efficiently with your team because this style is often, well, designed difficult to change, right? Uh, which is, you know, consistency is the key here. Remember and which can lead to instability or a leader turning over turnover so well i think a really good example might be maybe hitler was was a bad cohesive leader but you understand he had a drive to succeed in his mission if that's what you want to call it um but you know here's an example with the picture right you know, the, the, the person in the plane says, jump now. And if you hesitate or you don't or you do it wrong, if you're lucky, you might just be blown somewhere you shouldn't be. And if you're not so lucky, you die. Yeah. So that's the, when you want that type of leader, right? Okay. So cohesive leaders, that, that gives us a good idea. The ones that are going to tell you what to do and now. So next we've got pace setting leaders and, and pace setting leaders expect excellence and self-direction. Um, this is a style which is summed up as do as I do it now. So the pace setter very much leads by example and this type of leadership only works with highly competent and well-motivated teams, okay? If your team's not well-motivated and it's not very confident, this isn't a great leadership style, trust me. So, how to use it. Now, there are a few keys to remember when practicing um, pace setting leadership styles. So first of all, you need to be clear what you expect from your team. Make sure everyone understands the goals and objectives and um, of the organization and the group and what is expected of them individually and collectively. Then you need to make sure you communicate frequently and effectively, continuously on and on and on and keep your team updated on all changes, all the progress, towards the goals and any relevant information the team needs to know. The leader needs to lead by example. If you want them to, to succeed, you need to teach them how to succeed and lead them to succeed. Um, and projects, the, the, you, you project the same qualities into yourself and demonstrate how you lead. You don't micromanage. You don't go and tell people what to do and then help do them and help them help do their jobs. No, you, you you don't look after the little job jobs. You let them do it. You delegate. It's a great way to tell your team that you don't trust them and if you keep checking on them, right? It's really counterproductive. It's just a waste of your valuable time. So don't micromanage. And well, it's it's the final one on this list is be willing to accept feedback and learn from it. Don't just brush off negative feedback as irrelevant or unimportant. Just because you're the leader doesn't make you right. Learn from people who are maybe smarter than you. Doesn't mean they're better leaders than you necessarily, but they definitely might be smarter. <laughs> so, um, well, the advantages. Now it can help motivate people uh, to achieve more. 
Um, pace setting leaders um, uh, challenge their team members to do their best and push themselves harder than they ever thought possible. And of course, that's a great thing, right? This can result in great accomplishments and feelings of accomplishment for everyone involved because they all feel they had something to do with it, a lot to do with it. And pace setting leaders are typically very organized and efficient. They know the needs of the group. They know what needs to be done and how to get it done quickly, fast as possible. Now, this is extremely beneficial in high pressure situations where time is of the essence, right? They set the pace. They expect everyone to keep up. They'll pass the finish line with everyone else if you keep up with them. But there's a time thing going on, right? <laughs> now, some of the disadvantages. Well, pace setting leadership is not the easiest style to adopt or maintain because this type of leadership style is difficult to keep going over a long period of time. It's the group won't manage to keep up for long periods. It's just not, it's not sustainable. And it's often tiring and causes burnout. Additionally, the style is highly stressful for those who are not used to working at such a fast paced environment. It's doesn't, they don't like it, trust me. So um, yeah, there's a few disadvantages there. So, well, okay, that's the pace setting leader. Now we have the authoritative or also known as a visionary leader. Now, these are people who move towards a vision. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, authoritative leaders um, move people towards a vision. So they're described as also visionary. And this style is probably summed up as a come with me approach. Come with me. I'll show you the way. I'll show you how to succeed. I know how to get there. Follow me. Right now, it's the most useful style when uh, a new vision or a, uh, or a new clear direction is needed and it's strongly positive. It's going to be a positive thing. Now, visionary leaders is the type of leader that focuses on the future and inspires others to achieve the common goal or the common goals. Leaders who adopt this leadership style are able to see the bigger picture. They don't look at just the little things, but they also they can step back and see the final masterpiece, if you will, and they know what they need to do to get there. And um, and they set goals and, and steps for their team to achieve it. They also are able to inspire the team uh, to believe in their mission, to really give them that strength as a group and work together towards a common goal. They use these techniques uh, with success if they do it right. I gotta say, this is probably one of my favorite of the leadership styles personally. Um, and you'll probably see why, but it's one that I try and incorporate a lot into my leadership styles when I'm working day to day. I love this one. So how to use it? Now, there's no definitive one way for a visionary leadership style, but there is a lot of elements that are in common that, uh, that this causes success um, of this approach. So the first one, uh, visionary leaders um, set high goals and expectations for team performance. They are overachievers. They expect very high of their team. They are inspiring with their vision. They take on a very hands-on approach to problem solving. Um, and they're often called problem solvers as well. Um, there is no problem in the world that doesn't have a solution. You just haven't found it yet. And in fact, every problem has more than one solution, I guarantee. You just haven't found them yet. You just, that's it. That's the problem solver's mentality. You're not looking hard enough. Let's keep looking. 
I have an idea. <laughs> and additionally, being clear about your objectives and communicating directly with them will clearly keep everyone on track. So, well, a good example of a visionary leader is Steve Jobs, right, of Apple, inventor of the, you know, the Apple phone and, you know, the Apple you know, iPad and all that kind of stuff, right? Now, visionary leaders are able to connect with their team on an emotional level. Um, they give a sense of, you know, community and, you know, togetherness. And they put the team first. Visionary leaders create a positive environment, and this encourages creativity and productivity um, ideas. This style of leadership um, emphasizes, you know, creating a vision and, and, and driving towards it and, and pushing towards that goal. And these visionary leaders also have the ability to see what it's going to look like when it's finished. They know it in their head. They can see it. They just need you guys to help them get them there right and 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 they'll make all the decisions and they really do transcend or they do kind of they don't care about their own needs anymore no one person's needs is as important as the group's goal so or to to, to achieve the overall goal to achieve the bigger picture so those are really good things right those are advantages but but there are some disadvantages of a visionary leader too now Visionary leaders are often considered a really positive trait in the business world, but there are also some disadvantages. For example, a visionary leader can be very impulsive. They change their mind a lot. Ideas frequently, they'll get a new idea and they want to try that new idea. I want to do this and I have a new project and a new this. And it happens to me a lot, trust me. Like, oh, wow. Um, but, well, this leads to chaos and uncertainty. It's not a good thing. Too much decision changing and making is not going to help the team. And a visionary leader um, can often be extremely demanding of high, high expectations. They want everything yesterday and today. They, they want the very best and the highest quality, and they expect it from their team. And, well, they may be less forgiving when it comes to things that aren't planned or expected. They get frustrated a lot more with that. Furthermore, a visionary leader may not be able to delegate effectively because they give a hard time letting go, which may result in frustration and stress of the team. This is all very, very true. Trust me. So, all right, these authoritative uh, leaders, well, there's three examples, actually, I wanted to show you. One of them was Bill Gates. Um, he was one that inspired me when I was 12 to become a computer scientist and kind of devote my life. I grew up in Washington State near Seattle, and he gave all the schools in Washington at the time free computers. And that was a life-changing experience for me, being able to get on a computer and 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 learn with technology at a very young age. What was that? Uh, 30 years ago-ish, right? It's a long time ago. But but Bill Gates, um, he really amplifies or really, really shows this leadership abilities. He's got lots of different leadership abilities, but he truly is a visionary. He is a, a change the world, have an idea. I have a world changing idea. Let's make it happen. And he did that with Microsoft. He's also done with that, that with the Gates Foundation. He runs this charity, which goes around and pretty much changes the world with different projects. He's working on vaccines for polio and uh, a clean water machine that runs off the sun and all sorts of amazing projects that, that his foundations are working on. But they're all visionary leaders. Um, you've heard of this uh, president, right? John F. Kennedy? Yeah, I suspect so. Um, well, he, funnily enough, was a visionary leader and president. Um, and on, well, 
he's on September 12th, 1962, one of the most famous things he ever said was, uh, and, and, and I, I can still hear the words when I went, you know, from school when I saw this in my presentation was, well, remember that was the time we were all racing towards the moon. So we we had the space program and NASA going and, and he and he literally told the people of America, you know, he, he announced that we choose to go to the moon in this decade and to do other things, not because they're easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our enemies and skills, because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone and one which we intend to win. Huh. Famous words. He had a vision to send a man to the moon and back safely. And he explained how it was going to be accomplished. And John F. Kennedy was, was exhibiting that authoritative leadership style that mobilized the resources of the entire nation towards one single goal. You know what we ended up doing? We got them to the moon and back. Check that out. Huh. What a vision though, right? In fact, you know, now this year we have um, we have people in the world trying to get to Mars. Elon Musk, right? How cool is that? What a vision. And in fact, another great example of a visionary. Um, but you know what? Here's one I think you guys might know of Martin Luther King. You know, Dr. King expressed huge vision in changing the world for for this movement that he was a part of, of course, and and to to stop to stop segregation the end the end of 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 all that madness right like the color of our skin has anything to do with us being a human right it's insane and um so you know he he, he was you know he expressed his vision he said so i say to you my friends that even though we must face the difficulties of today and tomorrow i still have a dream it is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident and that all men created equal. And rightfully so. In fact, the only thing I would create changes all men and women created equal. And that's another, another one for another day. But during the same I have a dream speech. Dr. King well explained that the exact path to his freedom. He he explains that there's a way by drinking from this cup of bitterness and hatred was not it. And that we must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. Now, that's the word of a leader. He was speaking of authority and he knew the future, what it was to look like. He knew what had to happen. He knew how to get there. And during his speech, he, he really, really shouted, you know, come with me. I know the way. I know where we need to go. And that charismatic trait, that characteristic associated with that authoritative leader shone out like a star, right? And as he was. So... There's a great few examples. Now, um, affiliative leaders are the next one. Now, they believe that people come first. Um, affiliative leaders values and creates emotional bonds and harmony, believing that people will and must come first. Now, such leaders, they are very empathetic. 
they have very strong communication skills and they're very good at building relationships. But this style is most useful when a team has been through a difficult experience and needs to heal uh, or develop motivation. And it's it's not a very goal oriented style. It's not about the goal, the money, the the, the accolade. It, so it can, well, anyone looking at it could make it look like it might not be productive, but um, but it's great uh, way of creating harmony um, and not having specific tasks as such. Now there are several several things that you can do as a affiliative leadership style. First, you, you make sure that you take the time to know your team members. You get to know them on a more personal level and understand their individual strengths and weaknesses. What makes them tick? What makes them happy? What makes them angry? That kind of thing, right? You try to create a positive working environment uh, where people feel comfortable about sharing um, ideas and taking risks. And we're taking risks is important here because how do you grow or develop if you don't? Um, and you've got to be supportive of those team members and be quick to give them credit, um, especially when it's success of, of any form. You, you give them individual credit or team credit where it's due. And you remember the effective communication is a key to the relationship. So you make sure the lines of communication are open with the whole team all the time, no matter what. The advantage is this can build trust and loyalty amongst those employees or team members. This type of leader is typically seen as supportive and caring and creates a strong emotional bond between the leaders and the employees or the, the group. And, and this can be helpful in times of crisis or in difficult situations that need to be made. But the disadvantage is, well, it can be difficult to make really tough decisions, like having to fire someone or let someone go. Now, since they are focused on keeping everyone happy, they may not want to rock the boat or make any decisions that could upset people. And that's where it becomes difficult. So it's probably obvious that this can't be used for, on its own for any length of time to get the job done. If you want to get the job done, you need another form of leadership but it's a great way of making and building those teams. Um, so we've got, let's see, Warren Buffett. Oh, we've got Barack Obama. We've got Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, and of course, all right, so next, the democratic leaders. And you've probably heard of these. These are, these are leaders that consistently ask, what do you think? Let's have a vote. Let's all decide. And this style of leadership works well in developing ownership for a project. project. You want everyone to feel a part of it and own it. This is a good leadership style, but it can be slow because getting towards the goal, everyone has to decide and make a vote and do everything together until a certain amount of momentum builds up and gets it all going. But it could be really slow, kind of sluggish process because everything takes forever to pick or choose or make decisions for because anyone wishing to use this style really not, does need to make sure that it may take a lot more time to develop the consensus, get the decision from the group. So democratic leadership is a style that is summed up as equal sharings of the power and the decision-making amongst the team members. And this makes them feel empowered to make decisions and contribute their ideas. And the leaders are seen as more facilitators making everything happen rather than directors. So the leadership style is best used when, well, there's a few things you want to keep in mind. It's important to allow everyone in the group to share their ideas. 
And this can be done by asking questions um, and letting everyone have a chance to speak or having a suggestions box or some form of you know that communication. Make sure everyone understands the decision that is being made. This can be done by summarizing the discussion, explaining the decisions that are being made. And then follow up with the group after making the decision to ensure that everyone's happy and with the outcome. Of course, if someone isn't, that's another problem, right? That's why this can be really difficult for democratic. Um, in fact, well, let's get to this. Advantages of a democratic leadership, well, often results in high employee or you know group or uh, team uh, morale. Everyone gets more motivated and is happier. They 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 feel the voices. They feel their voices being heard. The democratic leaders also tend to um, open, uh, be more open to change and new ideas, which can help them stay ahead of the competition. The leadership style also um, builds morale and cohesion, like Luke keeps together the team together and, 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 and makes the team feel like they're all working towards that common goal. And it also encourages that creativity and innovation and, 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 and they make them feel free to share their ideas without fear of getting in trouble. This is all good. Where disadvantages, well, there are many disadvantages in using a dem democratic style, but really one of them is that it takes so much longer to get decisions made. Um, it can be less effective in situations where you really need a quick action to happen. It's, this isn't good at leadership for that. It can also lead to like gridlock and where everyone just gets stuck because one person doesn't or this person doesn't. Everyone doesn't have or everyone has a reason for why they don't want it some way and all of a sudden nothing ever gets done. And that can become a big problem if you have a goal uh, because it causes action to stop, right? But Barack Obama, very good example of a democratic leader. So now let's do coaching. Now, coaching leaders, you think of a coach, right? Coach of a sports team, personal training coach. A coaching leader is, is there to develop people. They, they allow them to try different approaches in an open way. And this phrase that sums it up is try it or try this. And this leader shows high levels of empathy, self-awareness and skills in developing others, you know? that kind of thing. Um, but how to use it? Well, this coaching leadership is great to help employees feel, um, and when I say employees, I, and I, it's because I, as an entrepreneur, I think of this a lot for my employees, but it's also, it goes across the team, the group, the, the people in the nation, the, whatever that, that group is, right? Those you know, individuals, the people, the, the employees, or the, 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 the members of that team, they feel more engaged than they work and they're more motivated to achieve goals. And when using the style, leaders act as coaches, providing support, guidance, and they help people work towards meeting those objectives. So here are a few tips when using this leadership style. First of all, establish clear um, goals and objectives, ensuring that every team member understands their goal uh, for the group and the individual objectives that they need to help uh, to keep them stay focused and motivated and to work towards their targets. You know, offering support and guidance. This includes you know, offering feedback, answering questions, providing assistance when needed and celebrating success really making your team feel like they won they earned it celebrating success along the way both individually or as a team keeps them motivated and focused on achieving those results 
So these advantages, well, some of the advantages would be developing trust and respect. You know, leaders can be better motivated and influence their, their group. The leadership style also allows leaders to coach and guide their followers through some really difficult times when things are challenging or changing. It can be extremely helpful in situations where a clear direction is required. You know, you want to get fit again. So here you have a coach to help you achieve that goal. You want to, you know, win the basketball league. You want to, you know, the, the football season, you have a coach to help you achieve that, right? A business coach, a life coach, uh, uh, a finance coach. Uh, these are all coaches designed to help you achieve a goal, right? Sports coaches often thought of, you know, the coach of the team shouting on the sidelines. Now, one of the disadvantages of coaching styles, it can be very time consuming. The leader must spend a lot of time getting to know each of the members of the team and figure out what makes them tick, the, the good and the bad. In addition, the leader needs to be able to offer support and guidance when needed, and it can be difficult for a leader if they're already stretched thin and, or the team is really big, they got a lot of people with a lot of concerns, a lot of thoughts. It might not all get done, and that's a problem too. Another disadvantage is it can be challenging to maintain consistency across the team because you're doing different things for different people in the team. It might not all ever be very consistent or gel. And because of that, the team, well, approach may not all work together. <laughs> These are all disadvantages, right, as you can see. So, well, the greatest leader is not necessarily the one who does the greatest things. Is one that gets people to do the greatest things, Ronald Reagan. So what I'm trying to say here is don't just be one style. Many studies have shown that if you can be more than one style, this, this, this is even better because leaders have, well, leaders who have mastered four or more of the styles that we've talked about today, especially the authoritative, the democratic, the affiliative, and the coaching styles have the best climate and business performance, the best teams that, that succeed the most, the ones that win. The most effective leaders switch flexibility among leadership styles as and when they need it. So few leaders have all the styles ever. Um, but if you don't have that leadership style, well, and you needed it, hmm. maybe the solution is you find someone who's really good at it and put them on your team. I think Bill Gates once said something awesome. I remember he said, um, if I don't know how to do it, I'll either learn or hire someone smarter than me to come and do it for me. It's a good one to remember. Yeah, it's good leadership. But, um, well... There are some tips for the, the introverts out there on being a leader. Embrace, you know, your, your true self, be authentic. Um, always listen carefully, that, that active listening. Trust your instinct, because thinking too much could sometimes cause doubt. And action is always better than words. Show them how and what to do. And, well, some of those little, you know, little things that might help understand yourself really be, to, to be a successful leader, you need to build on your own strengths, have a clear, developed vision, build the relationships amongst your team, you've got to adapt when things go wrong and change, and then be ready to learn from it when you need to. But that brings us to the end of today's lesson. And, well, I'm, I'm going to leave you with just this little bit of homework. I can't wait to hear, you know, which of the, the six leadership styles suit you the best and why you think that. And and what are the three types of leadership styles that you would you would like to get more confident with? 
that you think maybe would be useful for you. And there's a few questions there for you I'd like to know the answers to and see what did you come up with. Until next week, thank you for your time. You know how much it means to me. Or if you need anything, you know where to find me. Take care. Bye.